Hello, I'm Jim Mallard, host of The Mallard Report. On The Mallard Report, along with my guest, we will have a conversation where we will share thoughts and opinions. For more information, my bio, past shows, social media links, and so much more, visit mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D dot com. And thanks for listening. Before we begin, i got to send you over to schoolofairs.com. That's Dr. David Perdon's new book about rethinking school safety. And uh, David will be on August 6th, and we'll be talking about this uh, in depth. Uh, it's a good book. I've read it, but we'll save all that for that night. But tonight, I've got Kevin Benton on, actor, radio show host, uh, Philadelphia native. I feel like I'm missing something because you're just busy. All- oh, right. Did I say radio show host? If I, Yeah, whatever. Either way. Kevin, how are you doing? Doing well, Jim. How you doing? Thanks for having me on the show. Pretty good. I'm just sweating. I don't know. I thought I had the, cool- yeah. the studio cooled down tonight, and then I, the, then, you know, I was doing pretty good a minute ago, and then you called, and all of a sudden it feels like it's it's warm in here, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because I turned yeah. the fan off. That's probably the big, the big difference. But that's okay. Yeah, that hey, that'll help. That'll help the heat uh, continue to hang around. You know, yeah. It's, it's so bad. I, I've got one candle lit. I you know normally have all these lights, and I, I, right now it's just that. Of course, that doesn't help the heat with the candle, but I think I think it's a little less than the uh, the lights. But anyways, uh, so let's let's get let's get to the acting because I, I know the we'll we'll probably talk radio quite a bit. But um, mm-hmm. what got you into acting? Well, actually, uh, I got into acting in grade school and some of the participating in some of the grade school plays, and I really really enjoyed it. And uh, it was really the reaction from the crowd to say, hey, you know what, I kind of like this. But then I got away from acting because I got into basketball, got pretty good at it, and uh, you know went on to have a, a stellar high school career, sort of a subpar college career. Went on to play uh, professionally. Uh, even had the chance to play against Kobe Bryant in Sixers camp. And uh, so I kind of got away from acting. And uh, you know then. I want to say in my younger, young adult years, uh, visiting some family down in Florida. You know, of course, you got to make your way to the Disney parks and, and things like that. And uh, they had this uh, this live theater called the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular. And every year I would go out for it and get cast as an extra, um, you know, in the Cairo street scene. And then one year I got upgraded to what they call Jack's dying scene, where the guy who was kind of running the show would say, hey, I want you to stand up here, and I'm going to pretend to shoot you, and you got to pretend like you're dying. And the crowd reaction each year was just so phenomenal. I was like, I kind of like this. And then they had the disaster ride uh, starring you. Of course, they kind of had uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, his his film, implemented into the ride, things like that. And I would get cast as one of the evil lab workers every year. And, you know, once again, the crowd reaction was great. And I, I was really, really kind of, you know, uh, enjoying this. And then last, they had the Nautica battle scene. It's no longer there now. And uh, where we had to go on this boat, and they simulated uh, like a World War II scene, and, you know, bombs are blowing and things like that. And I played the sea captain, and I was like, I really, really like this. And, you know, I went through this phase where I was kind of uh, just searching for more. You know, I should be doing more. And... um I was in the process of getting ready to change jobs, and on the website where I had to upload my degree and things like that, I scrolled down to the bottom and saw Philadelphia Film Office. So I clicked it on, just wanting to see what was going on down there, and I see all these casting notices uh, for commercials and short films and feature films, and I saw Creed 1. And, you know, I kind of didn't have faith at that time, you know, and I was like, well, they're not going to pick me. I didn't have, like, a lot of acting experience, but it said no acting experience needed. So I let three days go by as I continued to upload my information, trying to change jobs. And on that third day, I said, you know what, I'm going to try. I have nothing to lose, everything to gain. So I sent an email uh, out to Harry Casting, uh, one of the best casting agencies agencies in our area, if not the best, definitely one of the best. And lo and behold, in September, I got the email back saying, congratulations, you've been cast as a fight fan. And it was one of the greatest experiences of my life being on the set with Sylvester Stallone, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, it was just great. The energy, 
in the room were just off the chart. And the boxing scene, I was in the boxing scene where he fought Leo uh, the Lion in Creed 1. And it was great. And then to be able to go get the DVD and spot yourself or watch the movie and see yourself, it was great. When I walked away that night, I actually got depressed because I was like, wow, it's over. And this is what I want to do. And I have been grinding. When I say grinding, I've been grinding ever since. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you just, na- you just name dropped like five or six people there. Just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was directed by the super talented Ryan Kruger, who I had a chance to meet and take a picture with uh, on set. Yeah. Who did, he did Fruitvale Station, of course, uh, Black Panther, and he's going to be doing Black Panther 2. So hopefully I can get up in that one too. So, yeah. <laughs> so you said you've been grinding ever since, but I, I think um – that's that's the nature of that beast, isn't it? When you're trying to carve a name into the acting arena, that it's just. Why well, joke about my show? It's ten years to be an overnight success. I'm sure that's that field's kind of the same field. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things where you know you have to decide what your reason and or purposes for getting into acting. You know, some people get into it for for a hobby. Some people are just something to do. Uh, what well, me? You know, I take it. Uh, from a professional standpoint, you know, I approach it with a professional standpoint. And when, yeah, you know, you have to grind, uh, like I said, to get your name out there, to get your face out there. Uh, but for me, when I speak in terms of grind, grinding, I'm averaging 20 projects a year, which is kind of unheard of um, in the industry, but that's how serious I take it. And, um, yeah, this is what I do, you know, is actor's life. Hashtag actor's life. 20. I'm, I'm sitting here going, because that seems, uh, that'll keep you busy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hashtag actor's life. It definitely <laughs> will keep you busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you're just, there's some, uh, i seen you were doing some writing. Is that correct? As yes, well? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I actually co-wrote a movie that we're about to film uh, called Second Chance. So it was uh, Jessica J. Emanuel. Uh, she wrote the first half and kind of took it as far as she could take it. And she reached out to me, you know, knowing that, you know, I was a decorated writer, if you will. And she said, hey, you know, see what you can do with this. So I read the first half and I said, okay, I know exactly what I would like to do with this. And so I wrote the second half. And so it's going to be a basketball movie uh, without giving much away. Uh, unlike a lot of basketball movies that you've seen, you know, we've seen the Coach Carters, the Glory Rose, uh, which were all, you know, which were good movies, the Like Mike's and uh, the Jess Wright. And so we wanted to add something that would be different as well as tell a, a good story, but with some lessons in there, some things that we want people to take away from there. And But we're going to add some things that's been never before seen or done in a basketball movie. So I was really, really excited about it. Every time I explain to people, you know, what the story is about, they, they found it very, very intriguing. So we are excited, man. We had a meeting uh, just last week about the movie and the direction we want to go. And uh, we're going to film the trailer and then we're going to start filming this. And hopefully it'll be something that the world in- enjoys. As I often joke when I have actors on or actresses, I always joke, if you ever need that radio voice, of course, I don't have a great radio voice or a great production value, but um, I come at the right price. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I hear you, you, Jeff. Well, actually, you do have a good radio voice, man, so, yeah, you do. (laughs) Just saying. Um, No, it's... got to be tough to keep your hands in all of that and keep them, I don't want to say working together because obviously they're not working together, but keep them, because if you're filming one thing, filming whatever, and then you're trying to write this basketball story on the, on, in your free time mm-hmm. to keep the, the trains on track, I guess is what I'm getting to. Yeah. I mean, it, it's very, it is difficult. Well, the script for a second chance is already written. And so it's one of those things, man, when you love, something and you're passionate about it it's not work you know the old saying that if you do what you love you won't work a day in your life and so 
this acting and radio show life is, I, I, I actually love it. I enjoy it. And it's not like work. And so, uh, in, in psychology, we learned about this term called the flow experience. It's when you're so engrossed in something that time passes by so fast, you didn't realize because you was enjoying it so much. And so when I'm doing the, the radio show, the Kevin and Vicky show on iHeartRadio and acting and on set and studying my lines, it is definitely that flow experience, you know, that you enjoy, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, but, you know, it does take a, a level of management and, uh, you know, compartmentalizing, you know, your life and, uh, you know, of course, time management. But when you're passionate about it, man, it's just like this is this is what you do. This is what you want to do. You kind of, you know, take on that eat, breathe, sleep it kind of mentality. And uh, so it, it all messes together. And just like with anything, whether you're, you know, writing, whether you're playing basketball, doing a radio show, you know, um, you know, it takes hard work if you want to be good at anything. But when you love what you're working hard at, it's not work at all. Yeah. So I, I've got the ultimate trick question for you here. Which which side do you prefer? Do you prefer the writing or the prefer the on screen? Uh, I would say I enjoy being on screen, but if it's something that I have written that puts me on screen, that makes it even better. Aha! So you found you found the good. You found my loophole out. Oh, I- <laughs> <laughs> right. you know that's one of those I cannot confirm nor deny. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah. That's like asking somebody which one of their children is their favorite ch- child. I know, right, I, I right, get right. it. I get it. But you know, you have to. Right, ask, right. right. Yeah, that's right. So the whole. The whole process just amazes me, you know, because I've dabbled with video here and there with doing stuff for the show, and I, you know, there's a reason that I focused on radio for so long, and there's a reason that the radio product keeps, you know, ninety five percent of my focus versus this other stuff. But because visually, you can tell so much more of a story visually without mm-hmm. saying a word. Yeah, but, absolutely. Just amazes me, especially when you're like transitioning between scenes. I. People hate me when I say this. I enjoy the B-roll, like the moments, especially on like TV shows where you're going from this to that. I enjoy those probably as much as I do the show if they're done right. Of course, if they're done wrong, you've lost me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, B-roll is very, very important, uh, and the contribution to the story uh, is is very important. You know what I mean? And in acting, you know, in acting class, we learned that acting is not acting. You know, so a lot of times we think that the most important action or most important actor is the ones that's saying, you know, the lines. But sometimes in a scene, you can get more out of it or it can contribute more to the story just by doing an action. You know, I don't have to say, I don't like this book, you know, in order to demonstrate that I don't like the book. I can walk over to the table, pick it up and slam it on the floor without saying a word and you're going to know I don't like that book or something about that book or my, you know, uh, emotional disposition at that time that's not connected with that book. And so the, the old slogan is, uh, actor, don't get caught acting, actor. And so B-roll is very important because you can look at the B-roll and say, oh, okay, uh, this is, uh, I can kind of tell what's going on. Just for example, um, I watched an awesome movie that didn't have no words in it. It was about a half an hour. Uh, it was called The Fae by one of my friend directors, Mark Bonacore, and it had no words in it. And after I watched it, I called him up and said, oh, that was one of the best movies I've seen. Because I was able to follow the profession of the story and tell what was going on, and there were no words in it. And I really, really enjoyed it because acting is not acting. It's it's really reacting. And so by looking at the facial expressions and the connection between the two people on the screen, they didn't have to, have to say a word. I knew exactly what was going on. And so you know that you've done something powerful when you can put together a movie that's about a half hour, and it might have been, I mean, it might have been some yelling in there like, ah, that was it. But for the most part, there was no words, and you could tell, okay, they're not getting along right now. You know, <laughs> you can kind of tell what's going on. So yeah, absolutely, man. And, and like, and to your point, 
you know, that B-roll being very important, you, you got to do it right, you know what I'm saying, because uh, it has to contribute to the telling the prog- progression of the story. But um, it really is fascinating. It really is it's fascinating. So besides work your tail off, because I'm, I'm just going to cross that one off your list so you don't even have to worry about that, um, <laughs> what, yeah. what's some advice for a, a up-and-coming actor or somebody who wants to get into it? Well, the advice I would um, offer them is to, uh, first of all, decide if this is what you want to do, and it's something that you want to do, uh, pursue it wholeheartedly. Uh, if you want to start, I would start by perhaps maybe taking some acting classes so you can, you know, get those foundational principles and understand the terminology and things like that. Get some good headshots done and go out on audition and audition and audition. And that's what I would do. That's what I, that would be my advice to anybody, you know, who's starting out. Uh, most of us tend to start out at doing background. And then, you know, you kind of get into doing background just to get your feet wet, to get accustomed to being on set and kind of learn set etiquette and things like that. And then, hey, after you take some acting classes and things like that, even though I, I, I want to say that acting classes can be a little overrated from the standpoint, I think you get better at anything by doing it, but it is needed, you know, to get those uh, foundational understandings of, you know, the various nuances in acting, and then, you know, learn the industry as well. That would be my advice to somebody, you know, and don't quit, you know, don't quit. Just continue to stick it out and through the ups and through the downs. And um, one of the most important things I would say to any actor or actress is uh, believe in yourself. I know that sounds generic. I say that because you are going to have a lot of doors slammed in your face. You're going to be told no a lot. And can you handle the rejection, continue to believe in yourself, and get back out there and do another audition? So we're That's gonna, what I would tell. So we're going to grind gears here because, uh, well, I have to. Uh, not that <laughs> I have to, but I want to. Um, you, you mentioned playing against Kobe, so I have to go there. Um, oh, yeah. And I have some other basketball questions, but is he is he, is he the greatest player ever? Let's start there. Oh, man, that's one of the toughest questions. Uh, you know, I, I I would definitely say he is one of the greatest players ever, maybe top five greatest players ever. And I'm going to say this, it was a nightmare on Kobe Street trying to guard this guy. And, yes, he did score on me. <laughs> he did score on me. But uh, it, he, he was he, he was a advanced, phenomenal talent. And to see what he uh, has achieved with the five championships and things like that, uh, definitely not surprised. And I'm going to tell you, man, after uh, camp was over, uh, I walked up to him and I shook his hand and said, hey, man, hey, brother, God bless you, man. <laughs> that was all I could say, you know what I mean? And so, but, uh, yeah, I definitely think he's top five greatest players of all time. So, so for the people paying attention who know this isn't a sports talk show, we're not getting – in the sports, there's some big, broad, big broad strokes here. I'm trying to get to so mm-hmm. the, the Kobe question was kind of a one-off. So bear with me for the rest of this sports jargon. But this is kind of important because because <laughs> um, he went straight straight from high school to the NBA, and now there's yeah. the, the rule against that. Has that I does that really help anybody? Besides, besides NCAA, you know, getting this opportunity to mark these market these one and dones come March. Um, I mean, I I think that they want to. I guess the NCAA wants to put some kind of standard in place, um, because there are so many players, you know, making the jump from high school, you know, to the NBA. Uh, I, you know, when I look at college, I look at it like this. And I am an advocate of, you know, education. I got my degree in psychology, and I'm definitely an advocate of education. But the purpose of going to college is to come out so you can get a good job. And, you know, you have these athletes who are good enough, you know, coming out of high school to, you know, rather play one year or, or jump straight to the NBA. And, you know, if they're going to pay you, you know, millions of dollars. You know, you can always take the contract and, uh, you know, they got all kinds of online classes to finish up your degree. But I think the NCAA just wants to put some safeguards, 
in place um, so that players are more, you know, developed, I want to say, uh, not just physically, but just, you know, mentally, emotionally, uh, to be able to handle, you know, NBA life, you know. And if you look at some players like the Tim Duncans who stayed four years, you do see a difference in terms of their maturity uh, that they bring to the game. But, you know, it's one of those things, it's an individual thing. You know, some people's families had very different individual needs and things like that. And it's about timing. You know, it's about timing. You know, are, are you making that leap at the right time? Because, you know, you don't want to make the leap too early and, you know, maybe not be as high a draft pick and things like that. But when that when that scenario is guaranteed, uh, yeah, you might want to, you might want to take that leap, and uh, like I said, I'm an advocate always going back and get your get your education. Shaquille Neal did it; um, he's a doctor and things like that. But uh, I think the NCA just wants to put some safeguards in there that could, you know, better produce better people and better men and prepare them for NBA life. Yeah. Of course, I'm the Seneca sitting here going, "Yeah, it makes their March Madness more." Higher rated, so they make more money. But that's you know we can. And that's and that that was the other <laughs> point I was going to say. At the end of the day, this thing is about ratings, and uh, I mean we know like even if you take a, a program like Kentucky, you know they're they're a lot of their star players pretty much won and done. But at the end of the day, it is about money. These college athletes make make these universities millions upon millions of dollars, and the ratings with March Madness, which I had the opportunity to participate in a few times. Uh, yeah, it does bring a lot of revenue to your school as well as a lot of hype and attention. So yeah, I believe, too, that there is a financial benefit factor in you know, putting certain rules in and, and regulations in uh, that would benefit the NCAA as well. So, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So last basketball question. Again, trying to mm-hmm. skirt the actual issues. I, I jokingly mentioned Kevin Durant to you yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. not, not, not going there. Actually, I've got a bigger fish to fry. You're going to sit here and go, oh, God. LeBron James. Mm -hmm. Let's let's just say this, right? Starts in Cleveland, goes to Miami, comes back to Cleveland. Mm -hmm. To leave the second time, is is he ever safe to come back to Cleveland? I I would say yes. Uh, When he left the first time, of course, you know, it was the burning of his jersey and, and things like that. Uh, but he he vowed he upholded his, his end of the bargain, and what he said was, "I'm going to come back to Cleveland, and I'm going to win a championship." And he did that. And I think, and to win their first ever in franchise history um, was not only indicative of how great LeBron James is, but it was historical uh, in just their their franchise. And so, for him to do that, I think what it did for the people of Cleveland. Uh, in addition to opening a school, like he opened a school there for kids. Uh, I think there was a resolve there. I think there was a resolve, a resolve there, a mending of relationship. Okay, that's still our hometown, uh, our hometown boy. And I don't think they have a problem with him, like, you know, being with the Lakers or uh, going where, you know, you know, leaving. But I must say, they did win that championship by the skin of their teeth because – in that one uh, uh, game where somebody shoots a shot and Chris Boss happens to be in the right place at the right time, gets the rebound, and passes it to Ray Allen in the corner, they don't win that. They don't win that championship that year. So you know they say there is a such thing as basketball guys, and evidently they lined up for LeBron because if he didn't win that championship and left, I don't. Maybe you know the story would have. <laughs> been a little bit different as far as being able being invited back you know so so the move to la is just purely to set up the post basketball career i'm guessing yeah um and i heard that you know him and wanting to invest in his uh his son's basketball career had a lot to do with that decision because from sources i've talked to in the basketball world his uh teams that he met with he met with the sixers and uh he was actually talking to the coach at, I want to say, Roman Catholic High School in Philly because he was trying you know, trying to find a good fit for his son. And so went out to California and I uh, think that was a better fit. So I think that had a big factor from what I was told in his decision to play for the Lakers. And so 
And uh, now they got Anthony Davis over there, and so now he's going to try to win a championship over there. But, uh, you know, I want to add something, too, man, uh, something that we're kind of seeing, uh, kind of want to tell in uh, Anthony Davis coming to the Lakers. You got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George teaming up now with the Clippers. Uh, you know, you, we, I guess what we're seeing now is the this model of building super teams, you know, and that was something that was unheard of back in Larry Bird's and Michael Jordan's and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's era. They would never team up and get on the same team to try to win championships. But they were they were so competitive, they wanted to beat each other. And so now we're seeing this kind of change where players are getting on the phone and say, hey, you want to play together? And, they, you know, they're, they're, kind of, they're building like this kind of big three scenario. And uh, so, you know, what direction the NBA, you know, goes in uh, with all this building of the super teams, so we'll be watching LeBron and uh, Anthony Davis, and I think they're going to add – I think they – matter of fact, they just added uh, Boogie Cousins uh, from the Warriors. So we'll see. We'll keep, a, we'll keep a LeBron Los Angeles Lakers eye out. Oh, my agent hasn't heard anything from the Lakers yet, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> of course, yeah. that is a lie because I don't have an agent. So uh, that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> well, you, you've, you've heard those jokes about the Warriors and other teams at points that they could run anybody out as the fifth. You know, it's just kind of a <laughs> right, right. <laughs> sure, okay, um, okay. So if I had, you know, see this, this is the B real point where I could just cut fade it out here, and we could bring it back, and we could talk about the radio show now. Um, okay, cool. So, give me give me the skinny on that. Where, when, when, and where, and how did it all come together? Uh, well, we uh, uh, my we call each other our partner, my partner in success, uh, Nikki Warren. She's an actress as well. She's a multi award winning actress. I'm a multi award winning actor, and uh, so we had the opportunity to reconnect with one of my long term friends who was doing a radio show, and they said, "Hey, how would you like to do a radio show?" And so we said, yeah, we'd love to do that. I had experience doing it before, and, uh, you know, me and Nikki teamed up. We started doing this radio show, and um, it, was, it, was, it, was a, it was really a new flavor that we were bringing to the airwaves because uh, it was rare to see two actors having a radio show, bringing on actors and entertainers, um, and so that was like a kind of like a new flavor to be in the industry presently, you know, working and grinding and, and uh, you know, I want to say um, gaining a level of success, you know, steps at a time. And it turned out so well that we ended up being the number one uh, radio station on this particular radio station. And so some changes came about and, you know, we began to learn and, and develop and so we said, hey, Mama Eagle is kicking the eaglets out the nest. And so we learned how to fly on the way down. And that's true. When eagle, eagles teach their eaglets how to fly, they just kick them right out the nest, and they just learn to fly on the way down. And we learned to fly on the way down. Thus, we started the Kevin and Symbol N-I-K-E-E show. And um, it has turned out great. We've had some phenomenal guests on our uh, radio show, it has gradually, I'm going to say out the gate, I'm not going to say gradually, out the gate, it has turned into a celebrity guest radio show, and I want to add that we are the first radio show where each one of our guests get an IMDB credit that IMDB approved for coming on the show, and we have various different segments, man, that's just awesome, we have great music, uh, Nikki's like the, the DJ, She's like the, I mean, we're, we're both the director and producer of the show. She's like the DJ. She's handled all, pretty much all the music. Um, she does all the editing. You know, she's up hours, listening to the show four and five times, editing. Uh, I'm like the marketing guy. I'm good with the post on Facebook and social media. And we make a really, really great team. And uh, so we have some really nice segments on there. We have the adventures of Kevin and Nikki, where we start out talking about who we've been on set with this past weekend. Whether we was on set with Kevin Hart or Vivica Fox or Hawthorne James or Paul Anthony, we talk about that, our audition experiences, um, and just anything we have coming up on the horizon, rather be events. Uh, we have music. We have Then we bring on our guests. 
and our guests are just phenomenal in terms of the knowledge and information and the experiences that they're sharing on our show, a lot of times is information that you would have to pay thousands of dollars for in acting classes. They, they're so uh, nice and that they're able to just give it on our show for free. And so we also have a segment called What's Bothering Nikki, where she talks about things that's bothering in the world, but it's all, it's all to try to get people to be better people. I have a segment called Captain's Corner, where it's kind of encouraging, inspirational, instructional, and informative. Uh, we have news and sports, so we definitely got to report the news and sports with all this NBA action going on and the soccer, women's soccer team, you know, winning. It's just a great show. It's a great family show where you're going to, Laugh, it may make you cry. Some of the news stories that we report, uh, it's going to be very, very informative. But you're going to be able to walk away from our show having gained something for the holistic person. And it's just been so much fun. We look forward, we, we air once a week um, at 12 o'clock noon. We're on iHeartRadio, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. We're all over the place. And it's just so much fun. We got a community page on Facebook, uh, a, a like, follow us page. And it seems like people are really, really enjoying it. And uh, last thing I say um, is I was kidding around on our last show. We've been in operation since the end of 2017. And so now, with it being 2019, we've only had one season. And I said, wow, that's so interesting because, you know, we don't stop. You know what I mean? So we only need one season because we don't stop. And we keep, as long as our listeners keep, you know, listening, we're going to keep bringing them good guests and hot shows and it's just a lot of fun, man. And, and, and our show is just tailored to celebrate people, celebrate the success of our guests and their achievements. And uh, we look forward to it, man. It really is it's going well. So it's really, really going well. And the, and the good thing, too, is by us being actors, a lot of times we get to bypass agents and things like that because we build relationships with people that we're filming movies with, saying, hey, we'd like to bring you on the show, uh, on our show and, you know, as a guest. And it's just working very, very well. Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I like those relationships where you can bypass a an agent or a publicist or anybody. That's always fun. Yeah, absolutely. That's Makes life a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> it sure does, man. All these emails back and forth. And not that you mind if you have to do it, but if you can pick somebody up, uh, pick the phone up and call somebody on their cell phone, it's a lot more easy, you know, because you've established a relationship with them. So, so you, you, sl- great, you, you, you did say it, but you slipped it right by me. You said noon. Uh, yeah, so it comes. So we air it our um, show every Wednesday at twelve noon. So tomorrow. Yeah, so that's when. It, yep. Yep. Absolutely. I have to see if I can we, uh, we, get that brought up tomorrow. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's, it's I mean, lunch is kind of important, but we'll see what we can do. Yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like the lunch hour. <laughs> it is lunch is definitely important. So, but while you're eating lunch, check us out. You know, iHeartRadio. We want, like I said, YouTube. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. I mean, we're just everywhere. And that's kind of like our sl- our slogan. With the Kevin and Nikki show, we're everywhere. You know what I mean? And it kind of has a ring to it. Yeah. And it's real interesting, man, because one of the highlights of the show is my dad, uh, you know, bought this bell for Nikki. And, you know, when, when you do something awesome, great, that we want to celebrate, we say, hey, you get the bell. And she starts ringing the bell and stuff like that. So, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of great. So people... People who have heard about the bell look forward to coming on and, and getting the bell. And I told Nikki, I was like, now listen, you know you're conditioning people, you know. <laughs> you're conditioning people, you know. Yeah, yeah but it's great, though. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it is good. It, it is good to see that, you, you know, the one season thing. I, see, this is the inside radio bit here that I don't want to say grinds my gears. Okay. But I, I will say it because, I mean, shows like mine. I, I don't even mm-hmm. number my episodes because I think that's ridiculous because uh-huh. I just want them to continue. Because you got so many of them, man. <laughs> yeah, it just, it yeah. just rules, right? It's right, a, that's it's, right. It's 400 now and 400 something, so it doesn't, you know. Wow. Okay, it's not, it's, you know. Then you see people like, number 10, we're so excited. I'm like, okay, talk to me at 100. <laughs> <I know. laughs> talk to me at 100. Um, that's no, right. But, that's- you know. And then there's these, these there's a small niche of people who do these seasons, which is fine, but then, you know, the, the one season is f- six shows, right? And then the next mm-hmm. one is 16. And I'm like, nope. if you're going to do it, be consistent doing it. You got to be consistent. That's right. Absolutely, Jim. You're right on target, man. Because you build your audience 
you build your following and when you're professional and you're consistent and you know and you know that your your following knows that they can expect to hear your show every week at the same time. You know what I mean? And that's why we kind of gravitated to, hey, we've been in operation since 2017, but we only but we only have one season because you can count on us to have a show up there ready to listen to every Wednesday at 12. And we're going to keep going nonstop, man. And, uh, you know, that's why you have over 400 episodes and people have like 10. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, absolutely. it kills me. But, that you know, feel better having mm-hmm. said that now. Um, right, right. <laughs> You're like, I had to let that out. You know, I mean, I'm just if, saying, if not, it would have been on Twitter later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It still yeah. may be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, man. You said you 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 said you had some good people in there, but you didn't drop any names. So should I, you're going to make me go look, or are you going to give me a few? Um, you know what, man? And the reason why I didn't drop names, and I tell Nikki this all the time, because you know we had we've had so many great guests on there that you kind of don't want to start calling names. Are we, are we back you, to this favorite know, child thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like the you know I don't want to leave nobody out. That is too many to name, but yeah, we've had some really really great great guests. In the acting world, NBA, I mean, it's actors and entertainers, NBA players. But, you know, one thing I, I, I love about our show is that sometimes it's the average person who might be a musician who's feeding the homeless in the community. We'll bring that person on the show as well. That person to us is a celebrity. And I'm going to tell you, one of the reasons why I had a heart for what I just said, because you know, you, you, you have these quote-unquote celebrity guests, radio shows, TV shows, and our radio show is a celebrity guest uh, radio show. But you have that, that, that person that's trying to get up the ladder, and they can't get on because they're quote-unquote not a celebrity or they're not as worldwide known as other people. And so with that said, man, we, we'll bring the, the maybe the, the person that maybe doesn't have the biggest name as an actor or musician but they're feeding the homeless in, you know, in the inner city. We will bring that person on, too. And by the end of the show, you will be a celebrity is how we look at it. So, you know, we just try to reach and connect with everybody. And uh, we just have some phenomenal, some phenomenal guests in all walks of life and, you know, all, you know, very different arenas, albeit, you know, sports, acting, entertainment, music, you know, uh, authors. It's just, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's been an amazing experience connecting with all these people. And that's one of the things I really, really enjoy uh, about this acting and radio show uh, combination because it's like, you know, between acting and a radio show, you know, you see these people who you're, you, some of you grew up watching on TV. You know, some you have their, you know, uh, DVDs in your home, and now you're on set with them, taking pictures with them, shaking hands with them. And now they're on your radio show and they're addressing, you know, me and Nikki as Kevin Nick because we've established a relationship with them or, and we have their cell numbers where we can call them up and say hello and, you know, things like that. It's just, there's a fascination, uh, about this journey that I always like live in and relish in, you know, because you get to connect with people who the average person uh, doesn't get a chance to connect with. And that's not why it's great, but it's just you just find yourself in that position. And it's just like, wow, we have so-and-so on our radio show right now. Like, we're actually talking to them right now, or we're on set, you know, and things like that. And it's just it's just great, man. It really, it really is great. But what, it, it is fun to bring on different people. And then there are those mm-hmm. moments where I'll, I'll send out an email to somebody who, you know, I'm thinking, you know, We'll say A list just be for the sake of this conversation. You know, mm-hmm. shouldn't have a clue. And and I got I got this recently. I was wondering when you're going to ask. Mm-hmm. And I went, you know, A who I am. You know about the show, and B, you were wondering when I was going to ask. Right, right, right. Well, I was just sending this as like you know one of those you know you probably do this. You send these emails out to people, just you know, ding ding, just hope you know one one right. in twenty gets read probably. And, you know, the, the one that comes back is like, yeah, when I was wondering when you're going to ask me to come on. I'm like, right, 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 right. I wanted the reply was, well, why did you ask? 
Right, 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 <laughs> but, right. You know, Absolutely. You, de- you delete that and you say, you know, thanks. It's some, you know, but you, you, the, the the gut reaction is, why didn't you ask? But you know, how yeah, that? yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and we definitely have experienced that. And uh, like, when were you, when were you going? When you gonna bring me on? You know that kind of thing. You know, and it's like, okay, you finally asked. Okay, you know, <laughs> but uh, it's real interesting too, man, because uh, we we have found ourselves booked months and months and months in advance. And, you know, that's not something that you foresee, you know, when you've gotten into something for humble reasons and things like that. And um, it's just really amazing. Where You know, we have publicists that are contacting us, wanting their clients to be on our show. And, Jim, as you know, man, somebody's always listening. Somebody's always listening, and you'd be surprised who's listening to your show uh, faithfully every week, you know, or how often, you know, your show airs to so much. So to the point where, you know, actors are, you know, requesting or publicists are requesting or agents are reaching out to us saying, Hey, I want to get my client on your show and stuff like that. It's just something that you really did not, uh, plan for, but it's a great problem to have, you know, and to all those publicists and PR people out there listening, Get in early. Right, right. Get, <laughs> get in early. Yeah. It's a lot easier. Right, it's right. a lot easier for me to book a guest in December now than it is right. in November. That's the fr- it frustrates me to no end because I'll, there'll be a guest. They'll be like, "Yeah, I'd love to have them on." They're promoting a book or documentary, whatever. And there's this two week of availability, and I'm right. Worried. And it's just like, yeah. <sighs> then you, then, yeah, then you start scratching your head. Can I? Sneak a recorded one in there just in case I need one for something, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Do I, do I need to <laughs> because, play I mean, that, one? <laughs> that, that's just, uh, man, I can't pass that up sometimes. But uh, yeah, that, that's my you, advice man. for peop- those publishers people out there. Just hit me up soon, man. It's, don't wait until November when you know, you, the project's being worked on now. You know, right, it's, right, you know right. it's coming out in the you know winter. You can book. Right, right. Yep, as, as much advance notice as you can give us, the better. You know, because normally when a publicist or agent contacts you, like, they want them on the show next week. And it's kind of like, ah, it just don't work like that, you know? So, well, there are yeah. people it does work like that for, but most of them. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Most people aren't that way. <laughs> You're right, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. So... so- Put you on the spot, and I know you're gonna you're gonna give me five or six people, but that's okay. I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask the singular question, and you can cop out the five, four, five, six, whatever. Um, okay. That email comes in from who, and you're like, oh, it's happening. Who who is those dream gets still? If uh, the e- like, are you saying like a person I would like to get an email from to bring yeah. on the show? Yeah. Who who would be the guy that lights up? You know, at, oh, like uh. Tuesday morning, you get an email from who, and it does it doesn't matter. You're clearing the deck, and oh. you're doing this. Okay. Oh man, well that that would be that would be a real real long list. I would. All right, give me a give me a genre. Is it acting? Give me sports. Uh, give me that entertainment, whatever music. We'll say music because we haven't really went there. All right. So okay. So if I got it, if it was music, um. And I got an email that would just make me probably pass out. I would have to say, I'm gonna go with Bruno Mars. See, I'm t- I'm sitting here thinking, yeah. yeah, Bruno Mars or um, Bono from U2 would definitely Bono be. from U2 would be a good one. Yeah, I, I'd, yeah, I'd be like running home. When do you, when exactly do you want to do this? We could do this now. You want to do it right now? <laughs> you know, I'll call you. That's right. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I can have my, yeah, I can have the studio set up in five minutes. Uh, let's do this. It's it interesting though how sometimes, you know, that, that's, again, that's that first thought. We can do this whenever. Yeah. And I always, and you know, I was gonna say, I okay, always joke yeah. with people. If they're in an airport mm-hmm. and have an hour layover, I'll deal with the background noise for who, you know, these people, this, this opera and the people. Oh, actually, we can fix that in post, man. You know what I'm saying? We can fix, cause if, I mean, if it was basketball, LeBron James, I'm like, okay, where you are? In the middle of Sesame Place? Okay, come on, we'll do it. We'll fix the, the kids' noise in the background. You know what I'm saying? It's just certain people that you just, you know, you just kind of, you know, uh, say, hey, we're going to make this work. So, yeah, man, absolutely, man. And But one of the, one of the benefits of doing podcasts is you do have that flexibility of schedule. 
you know, as opposed to, you know, being in a uh, studio, doing live studio broadcasts and things like that. So, um, actually, we have a, uh, speaking of live studio broadcast, we have a live studio broadcast coming up uh, Saturday, July 20th for the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. We've been invited, and uh, we are just excited about that, man. And we're going to have some celebrity guests in there coming through, and people are going to get a chance to see how we cut up, uh, you know, when we're recording our podcast. They're going to get a chance to see all that live, and there's a lot of fun. But uh, one of the benefits I really do enjoy about podcasts, it fits our acting schedule perfectly, and then we're able to... Um, we work around our guests, our special guests, um, you know, their schedules as well. And, you know, when it's, you know, kind of call in access code, you can interview someone, any, like someone from anywhere in the world. One of our guests, uh, we had from Australia. He called in from Australia. And of course, the time we had to hook up the time, you know, uh, differentiation to make it all work for both of our schedules. But we had people from Canada on our show from Australia on our show, and it's just fascinating that we can have anybody from anywhere around the world. You know, granted, we just map out the time and, um, you know, collaborate in that fashion, man. So it's just working, it's working, working very, very well. Yeah. But if it was an actor uh, who you would just, like, want to get that email, I would have to say, of course, you got to go with the legends. You got to go with the Denzel, Will Smith. You got to go with, you know, people like that. Um uh, if it was an actor, where you would just like just kind of like drop everything and say, "Okay, this interview is going to happen." Okay, when are you free? You know, <laughs> kind of like that. So, yeah. Now you you mentioned the difference because we're obviously doing this live, and this is it. it and then the podcast is the byproduct of this. I don't edit; it just flows how it goes. Mm-hmm. And right, there's right. pros and cons to both. And um, I just kind of I like the live thing, and you know what it does for me gives me the ridge outing with the, the, the family to say between eight thirty and ten thirty on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. I'm in my space, and if you need, if the house is on fire, come get me. Um, that's that's awesome. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's awesome, otherwise, uh, leave me be. No. Right, right, right. And sometimes I'm thinking if the house is on fire, well, might 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 just have to hang out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's just hang out. I hear you. That's awesome. Yeah, and like you said, um, they both have their, their, you know, their pros and cons and things like that. And like I said, man, you've been doing this for so long and, and doing it well. And um, I, I, I know that you're, you're following, you know, they're tuning in every week. They really enjoy your show. You do a great show. And, uh, yeah, man, it, it is working, you know, not just for you, but it's working for your following as well and things like that. So, as they say, keep doing what you're doing because you're doing it well. You know, like I said, for us, is you know, I, I, you know, we would like to actually, we've even considered wanting to do the live broadcast thing or live in studio. Uh, we did make a connection with a gentleman who that offer is on the table, but we just got to, you know, make sure that we can um, fit our acting schedules in it. You know, maybe we might, we was kind of thinking about, uh, continuing doing the podcast and maybe starting out doing once a week with the live broadcast just to kind of test it out without putting too much on us but uh that live broadcast it, it has its it has its perks too um in terms of that original feel that's going on at that moment and the unscriptedness of live you know recordings you know uh, with podcasts, you can always go back and edit and say, hey, let's take that part out, you know, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, there's there's moments that I wish that I'd edit back out. But, you know, that, that makes uh, the show, you know. Right, right, <laughs> when, that's when, right. When, that's when right. you start going, <laughs> you know, or coughing or whatever. Right, right, right. <laughs> it is what yeah. it is. Um, yeah, man. And you're too far too kind about my show, by the way. It's just. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So okay, so it, it's um, what else? What else? What else am I missing about you? Because I feel like I, I, I mentioned that off the top. I felt like I was missing something in, in your bio. We've talked about mm-hmm. the acting, the basketball, the radio show, um, writing a little bit. What am I missing? I think you might have covered most of what applies. <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. Well, first and foremost, I, I as we run. As I look at the clock, and I realize that you know, I probably should have did this earlier. Uh, congratulations on the awards because I know 
those are few and far to come by or hard to come by because yeah absolutely man i'm, I'm gonna be honest man I, I got into acting for humble reasons uh i really just wanted a place to connect with positive people uh i also tell people this all the time but it is true i did get in for the food as well there's some good food <laughs> on set man you know what i mean so that helps too but anyway um well there's my reason right there humble- <laughs> <laughs> hey that's a good reason man that's right so uh but I got into it for humble reasons. <clears throat> you know, basketball was over. Basketball has always provided that challenge in my life to become a better player and perfect this move. And, you know, basketball was over, and it's like I needed another challenge in my life. Um, I had dibbled and dabbled into acting as a youngster <clears throat> and then kind of, you know, got reacclimated with it in my young adult years, my older young adult years. I want to word it like that. And I just need another challenge, wanted somewhere to connect with positive people who, you know, were talented, good people. And I said, you know what, let me try this acting thing to see if I can create these characters. Can I learn monologues? Can I make these characters believable and get cast? And so the whole, so I took a lot of my basketball disciplines and hard work because that's all I know. You know, with basketball, it was practice every day. It was seven days a week. You practice seven days a week, and maybe the seventh day was like a, it might have been a lighter day, but you still got out there and practiced. It was a light shoot around or what have you. So I took a lot of my work ethic that my mom and, you know, dad instilled in my brother, my sister, and I, and took those basketball disciplines and kind of applied them to acting, you know. You know, grinding for me is, that's that's what I was doing when I was playing ball, you know. It, it, you know, you it was like you, you get up and you practice every day because if you don't, somebody else is in the gym. And so I take that mentality with acting. And, you know, you 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 get into a field like acting, you, you watch the Oscars and all that stuff and the Golden Globes on TV, but you really never, you know, kind of, you may think about it, you may envision it, but when something actually happens where you, somebody looked at your work and wanted to give you an award for, for you know, it's, it's a really, really great feeling. And what was so interesting, it was like my first year in acting, um, I got the opportunity to play two roles that, you know, started to get me noticed. I played One-Eye Willie, who was a homeless guy, in this movie called The Gift You Forgot to Open, directed by Roddy L. Cherry. He kind of gave me one of my first principal <laughs> roles. And all I wanted to do was go out there and be believable according to what, you know, the script uh, demanded and what he asked, and I just applied my hard work and ethic, work ethic to it, and I got nominated Best Supporting Actor for that role. Then he gave me another role in a movie that's on Amazon Prime right now called Emergency Landing, and I had to play a character called Bobby Mason, who's totally the opposite of who I am in real life. He was like a selfish, kind of super spiritual, unsupportive of his wife type guy who was a former NBA player who fell on hard times and ended up in the youth ministry, but, uh, you know, and I, I had to, <laughs> that character I had to display the range, uh, the, the stages of anger. You know, he was, he was in a relationship with a, with his, uh, he was in a marriage that was falling apart. She had a baby mom. I'm trying to convince her to stay. She wants to leave because the life I gave her, you know, it wasn't there anymore. And I had to show the stages of anger and, you know, just applying hard work, research, 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 um, things you've learned about life, thinking about things that made you angry in life, trying to bring that to life. You know, I did the best I could, and I actually won. I got nominated uh, Best Actor for that, and I, then I actually won um, a Spiral Award for that very, very same role, man. So, But all that to say, thank you so much, man. And, and it really is, uh, you know, it really is a, a fascinating uh, fascinating thing. And then just this week, uh, we got news from the New York Film, TV, and Plays Film Festival uh, that the short, two short films that we were, that we did, Nikki, I, Nikki and I, oh, and also written and directed by Jessica J. Emanuel. She also acted in one of the films called The News and Honor and Logan Jenkins. We were, uh, we, we were selection. We've been awarded selection for both both movies in the film festival and it was out of three movies in the drama category those two that we were in 
took up two slots. And we were really, really excited about that. So we have the film festival coming up on the 28th. And we're excited, man, just to see that somebody else critiqued your work and just thought that it was award-worthy. It's, it's like, it's, it really is an honor. And, it, you know, it really is humbling. It really is humbling, man, I must say. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I, it's a nice um, honor and step. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, yeah mean, absolutely. I, I mean, we'll be honest. I, I think every show I do is the best show I've done, and then the next week comes along, and I have that man. Well, most, 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 right <laughs> most yeah. of the time, not going to say 100% yeah. of the time, but most of the time that, you know, it keeps going up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. So it's and, good to hear I mean, somebody else's just, opinion of your work, I guess, is what you, you know. Yeah, it is. It is. Especially in a world where people tend to be more negative than positive and in a world where people are quick to tell you when you're doing uh, wrong and doing bad and not at, as apt to tell you when, that you're doing a good job. And if nobody has told you, Jim, man, you are doing a good job. You've been holding it down for years and years and years. And, uh, yeah, man, yeah, you know, we got we to gotta get in the habit of, celebrating everyone you know celebrating people and that's what we do on the kevin and nikki show you know we 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 don't really we're, we're not going to the only two people that we're going to ask tricky questions to try to trick them up on our show is a is a pastor and a politician everybody else you won't save ground you know what i mean <laughs> so we you know them too because you know they be lying all the time you know, stuff like that talking out both sides of their mouth but but but, it, but i say all that jokingly to say that we or tell it to celebrate people in, in a world of negativity where there's so much pain and you're watching the news every time you turn around, something tragic has happened. And so we want to share some positivity, some inspiration, some motivation, some empowerment, some information, uh, you know, to, to, to people into the world. You know what I mean? And, you know, the, the world has enough negativity, man. But like you said, it's just an honor, man, to, you know, like I, I tell people this all the time, if you would have said my name in the same sentence as an NBA player, I would have said, I can see that. I never saw my name in the same sentence as actor, uh, let alone to win an award, let alone to win multiple awards. So there's, there's just a fascination, and uh, you know, I'm just kind of in awe of this journey and then the opportunities that are coming out of the journey and you know, you know, winning multiple awards and then, Winning two more this week, it's just, it's just, I, I, I didn't see it coming, man. Yeah, I didn't see it coming. All right, my friend. Well, we are, well, actually, I'm going to cut you a minute short because I want to say my little bit. So it has been okay. a pleasure to have you back, and um, we'll have to do it again. We'll have to do it again sooner this time. How's that tell? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me, and keep up the great work. Thank you, sir. And that's Kevin Benton. Uh, two minutes left in the show. So I do have time to say all this all this other fun stuff. First and foremost, I must uh, tell everybody I appreciate the thoughts, the prayers, the messages, the, the checking in, the everything that goes with uh, from last week. Uh, uh, those who did not catch the podcast, because there wasn't a podcast, I took last week off because my mother had a stroke. And on Mon- last... Monday and be the uh, what date was that? I'm looking real quick here because I didn't. Uh, the eighth of July, uh, 2019. Um, she's home. She's doing very well. Um, actually, very very well for all things that could have come from that. She's doing probably about 90 95 percent of herself. Speech is all good. Mobility is coming, but not as fast as she wants. But you know, that's how it is. Um, so there's that and just a lot of other little details coming together around here, taking a little bit longer than I want, but you know, that's how life is, especially when things are going the way they're going. Uh, personally, um, obviously the show has spent eight days on the back. Well, I signed out early last week and uh, picked it up again yesterday. So I want to thank everybody. Have a good night. Views and opinions expressed on the Mallard Report are those of the host and participants. For past shows, social media links, and so much more, visit Mallard.com. 
M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. And thanks for listening. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.